Hiya, and welcome back to the Artists in Residence podcast. You are listening to Series 2 with me, your host, Isabel Wilkinson. The Artists in Residence podcasting community exists to help take good ideas and turn them into action. Born from the questions, what is creativity and how can we use creativity for good? We bring people together to share their experiences and ideas so we can innovate and drive forward solutions to issues that affect people on the planet. When it comes to the biggest issues, we are all artists in residence. Today's episode is with Davina Raju Pillay, co-founder of film and cultural content studio Badlands. Badlands exists to create films and campaigns that make people feel seen and heard. Davina and the team do this through human-centered storytelling, most recently in the work that they're doing with Rexona and Shaw to create a multi-year program called Breaking Limits, which celebrates the power of movement. Davina is also the founder of RAW, Racism at Work, an anti-racism and equality initiative, which began as an anonymous survey in 2020. And in this chat, Davina explains how she was never expecting the amount of responses that she got from the survey, but she used it to power the RAW mission. And that is to build inclusive environments and better people of colour's mental health, particularly within the advertising and creative industries. In this chat, we talk about Davina's career to date, how she began working in DE&I without even really realising it when she was an event programmer at Rich Mix in Bethnal Green. She's currently working as a DE&I and inclusive marketing strategist and is soon to bring that consultancy in-house to Badlands. It felt amazing to have Davina on the Artists in Residence podcast because back in November 2020, I interviewed her for the Clarity at Speed live event. And it's been so amazing to watch the process that Davina's gone through bringing Badlands and Raw to life over the last few years. For now, I hope you take lots away from this chat. I hope you check out Davina's work. And most importantly, I hope this inspires you to get up yourself and create something to make a difference. Enjoy. So Davina, tell us, how did Badlands begin? Yeah, sure. So Badlands is a, well, started off as a film and cultural content studio in 2020. I was advertising agency prior to that and worked as a content marketer. So I would, you know, video and film would be under what I did. And I saw that, um, with every with the work that I was doing in diversity, equity and inclusion as well, so that there was a kind of gap between the suppliers that we were working with and, and how kind of they were operating in the DEI DE space. And I was like, okay, well this seems like a perfect opportunity. I love film, like it's a it's a passion of mine anyway. Um and I thought, okay, this is it seems like a great opportunity and a bit of a gap to start something that really has Dean and I and social impact kind of built into the core of it and like start something of my own um, in that way really so that's how we kind of began and I've been freelancing or as yeah freelancing as a consultant simultaneously um, in DE and I and kind of in various capacities sort of helping businesses with their with their strategies um, to kind of more recently looking at how brands can create inclusive campaigns. I, I don't like that word very much, but um, 
basically campaigns that focus either on a specific audience or that are just aware of all audiences, uh, which is really interesting because when I sort of started, at, you know, working in DEI probably around six years ago, like pro- properly, um, it didn't it didn't really exist. The kind of like mm. the the so it's really interesting to see that brands are kind of thinking about thinking about this in the way that they approach their campaigns and it's quite exciting yeah with that kind of thinking of pivoting and kind of shifting the offering for what Badlands does in 2023 and just combining my consultancy work um with the studio and I think yeah that feels like the right direction to go in how exciting so to backtrack to six years ago when you started working on DE and I what work were you doing and what did the industry look like then? Yeah, I I say six years ago, <laughs> but actually let's go back a bit further. So I started off my career working in arts and culture. So I worked at arts and cultural venues across London. My um, sort of my last uh, place was Rich Mix Theatre in, in Bethnal Green. So yes, still big fan, love that space. And um, as as some people might know, when you work for arts venues, um, they are mostly kind of non-for-profit and part of their uh, charity work is, you know, accessibility to the arts to either young people or in the case of, say, Rich Mix, it was looking at the um, South Asian kind of Bengali community in Tower Hamlets and seeing how they could offer the the space to them and try and get them involved in the arts and kind of curate programming around um, around the culture as well. So I suppose like I was always kind of working in that space. I get, I didn't really know it was called DEI back then. It wasn't really like spoke about spoken about in that way. And then I moved into and into advertising and um, kind of corporate comms. And at the beginning of that journey is when I sort of mentioned the six years ago. I just kind of volunteered myself to be part of steering committees that were happening. And at that time, it was very much kind of, um, I think the women's equality groups were just starting. Um, but it was there was the LGBTQ one when I was um, at Dentsu. And I think there was also kind of shared parenting or parenting group as well. But there there wasn't anything to do with kind of um ethnic or cultural diversity um there's nothing to do with mental health at that time uh so yeah I think it was more just an interest of mine in getting involved and then and then it just started developing more into my into my marketing role because it kind of sits sort of hand in hand um you know if you're working in you know marketing um a business or their internal comms then you know, it's it's something that you you'd think about creating within the strategy that you're doing anyway. Mm. So, so yeah, I suppose that's how I started. What did it look like then? It, I feel like it's yeah, it does feel quite different in comparison to where it's at now. Um, it just doesn't. It didn't feel like it was something that everyone maybe knew about or everyone or whether it was kind of like a top-down you know um 
a thing where senior leadership were talking about it as much at that time. It was very much a more kind of, okay, here's a support group within a business if you feel that you belong to that community. Whereas now it feels like, you know, there is a much more kind of uh, urgency put on put on it in a, in a business kind of capacity in a business kind of strategic sense. And so, yeah, I feel like that's changed quite a bit in the last two years. I find it really interesting what you say about DE&I and how that intersects with the work of marketers and people working in comms. You said you created Badlands in 2020. Why was it that moment that it felt necessary to bring it to life then? Um, To be honest, I think like many people, when COVID happened, um, it was a bit of a reassessment of what I wanted to do. And I'd been in a sort of chair, chairing a, a steering committee around um, around cultural cultural and ethnic diversity called Roots at Mindshare. And I was also, you know, doing my kind of day job. And I thought, what what do I want to build that's that's different? Um, and I suppose that was really the thing that kind of pushed me because it probably wasn't the best moment to start your own business. <laughs> but um, I think that was the thing that pushed me. And it was a bit like now or never type thing. It felt like if I, you know, if I didn't do it, that I might not have done it uh, in the future. And also because of, I think, yeah, kind of having, working from home, seeing what happened with the the uprising of the Black Lives Matters movement, having kind of lots of different conversations with people that I'd met in the space um, over the last few years, it really felt like the people that were the ones that were experiencing, you know, any kind of inequality within the workspace, that that they didn't really have a voice or um, and I think that's always been my main driver is, is like thinking about how I can kind of help people like that and help make that a priority as opposed to, you know, other things like marketing <laughs> or like, you know, pro- programming, which are all great. But I think there's a there definitely was and I think that's changed now, but there definitely was a, a lack of kind of listening to what people's lived experiences are and I think that was where raw really came around actually the initiative was kind of giving some giving people a platform to be able to voice those things so tell me a little bit more about raw yeah so so raw um simultaneously as as badlands kind of came about at the same time actually it was before we started badlands yeah it was so it was just before a few months before and again, from those conversations, I think um, the conversations around the uprising of the Black Lives Matters movement, the kind of disconnect between what people or what corporations were saying externally versus kind of what was happening internally in, in businesses, um, I, I thought, OK, well, how can we kind of capture this, um, capture what people are feeling? And so Raw started off as, a, as an anonymous survey just simply asking people if they'd ever experienced kind of racism in their workplace, whether currently or previously, and just ask people to describe that in, in a, you know, 
in whatever way they could or felt comfortable to um to just find out like you know what kind of what kind of extent was this happening to what were people's reactions you know to to having that kind of experience were they reporting it were they not and yeah we we in the end we had I think it was 450 responses so for for something that didn't you know it wasn't it was just a google form (laughs) really um so you know it wasn't any kind of backed up by anyone um it was very much a new thing so so it's quite impressive that we that we managed to get that many people and also just spoke to the I think the need and the sense of what was happening at the time yeah absolutely I mean yeah the the number of responses has got to tell you that there's there's a moment there that needs to be brought to the fore um to go back to 2020 when you were in the process of bringing Badlands to life can you tell us about some of the practical steps that you took to get it out into the world so I think I was lucky enough to like have already sort of built up a bit of a a network in what I was doing um so my co-founder is also a film director so that's kind of where the the balance between you know both of our um experiences kind of come in so um Xavier he's a film director he also had been freelancing um and previous to that in production houses as well so he very much um kind of you know he's the creative I suppose in in that sense and we we had um so he had you know a few clients they'd been working with previous to that and I think it was creating our kind of I suppose what we were what was our unique kind of proposition and then just putting it out there as much as possible so just letting people know you know that we we existed what we were trying to do and also within that creating policies around what we were you know what we were actually going to do about so DNI. what does that mean you know what does it mean to have that built into the core of what we're doing um and so yeah I think really it was just through the power of network at the beginning and we were very lucky in that sense to then end up kind of working with Unilever and Rexona on the Breaking Limits um, training programme that I think, um, yeah, that was, I spoke to you about uh, earlier. So, and that was just perfect because it it's a social impact programme and it really, really fits into what we, what we want to do and what we do as a business. So yeah, it just seemed like an ideal, ideal fit. Um, and then from there, it's been a lot of word of mouth, um, which is really nice. Um, and of course, just going out there as much as possible with your kind of pitch deck. And and it, is, it isn't easy because I think, especially in film production, it's super competitive. And there's, you know, there's a number of like go-tos um, on, on um, agencies kind of supplier lists of who they want to work with. So it is very much like for me talking about what what we stand for and what we want to do in terms of also kind of, you know, creating equity within within the industry and within film and production specifically as well. So looking ahead to 2023, what kind of work do you want to be pitching for and what kind of things do you want to be producing? 
Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> the age-old question. <laughs> um, so I think um, I've been thinking about this so much recently, especially with, you know, where we want to go, the direction we want to go with, go in in 2023. And also just within the DEI work that I've been doing, it feels it almost feels like there's this kind of contradiction that I have within myself a little bit, which is, okay, we are, you know, creating DEI strategies. And of course, I do believe they need to exist. And I think in every business, they need to exist. But I think there is this almost um, need in a similar way that I think about in with the climate crisis and with mental health, that we really need to kind of establish what our level of kind of successes are because the in truth and I've just come out of doing a really long project um looking at kind of who are the most marginalized communities in EMEA which is quite heavy work but so within that I mean there it's clearly it clearly kind of showed me that you know inequality is growing and with everything that's going on in the world, inequality is growing and that's just a fact. And so how do we operate as businesses and as brands in this space? Because, you know, we are partly to, to we are part of that ecosystem and that's just the, the truth of it. So I've kind of been thinking about, well, for me as, as a business that I don't, you know, I don't think advertising is bad. I don't think, you know, being a brand and, selling goods and certain amounts of capitalism are bad I don't think that's true but I think there is this idea of that we need to kind of set ourselves or within a business which is like what's our limit you know how how much money do we want to make (laughs) and I think within that it's again it's like looking at the brands that we want to work with in the future and I think for for me it isn't just about working with the biggest brands in the world it's not just about working with the global players you know I really I'm really interested in kind of looking at sort of new brands that are doing and thinking differently and thinking in ways that can kind of really innovate and give back and have real social impact um, and, and value in that space and yeah I suppose align to what we want to do do as Badlands really um and for me I think that is the way that you know that's the kind of direction that we want to go in 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 the future um and hopefully with that comes kind of slow and good growth and not this kind of need to yeah to kind of have it all you know so sustainable growth and not just growing for growing sake it's admirable because as a business, a small business, an agency, it's very easy to say, oh, well, they want us to produce this, so we're going to have to do that. It's much harder to keep on examining your mission and values. Yeah, it is really exciting. And I've just, I've been on the um, the Google Rare Leadership Programme, which just finished. I'm actually quite sad that it's finished because I I didn't know what to expect and I was it's so amazing and it really and I think this is kind of coincided with my headspace as well where it's really made me think about about that and about you know how we want to grow as a business and where we want to go and I think um everything's kind of aligned in, in a really nice way so 
So, yeah, I mean, in terms of kind of brands that I've got in mind, I don't really have a list of, of brands, but there's so many, there's so many kind of cool um, brands in, in lots of different spaces and kind of tech um, that I'm seeing, especially in fashion and tech. And, you know, I think, I think those would be the brands that we'd want to really kind of work with in the future. It sounds really exciting. And so you mentioned your, your business partner and how he you said is the creative but I wondered what creativity means to you yeah that's a good question because I suppose he'd say I'm a creative as well so um yeah it's a tricky one because you have to kind of think about your roles a lot when you have a founder and you kind of co coexist with someone in a business and you have to kind of let someone take the leadership and something so I suppose when I say that I mean he's kind of leads in that sense and, and the creativity. What does creativity mean to me? I really think that, you know, cre- creativity has been spoken a lot about being kind of innovative and all these things, but I really think like D and I, diversity, equity and inclusion, like if we could get that right in the terms of the creative input, then versus the creative output I think that would be real creativity to me you know that seeing those kind of minds come together and work and I don't think I and you know even in the projects that I've worked with worked on in the space of DNI, I don't think it's been really truly representative um from sort of start to finish yeah there's like you know work that's happening in the strategy space and there's some you know there's work happening in the kind of creative space but more holistically um not yet so that's really exciting because I think that will change in the future but I think having those like you know those minds together and also kind of building in that way so like you know less about having a set team to just work on specific things but like okay what's the project you know who are the best people to kind of fit that and I think that's what I love about having a small business like ours, where we can actually kind of bring in those people. We can work with, you know, lots of different freelancers, and um, we have we have two kind of full time staff. But apart from that, you know, we're very much on a project to project basis, and who we need. So it's really exciting. So I think in a very long winded answer, <laughs> I suppose that's what it means to me. Yeah. So I know you've done a lot of work on curating teams over the past few years and you prioritise representation and diversity. There's a reasonable amount of conversation about gender and race. What do you think about the conversation around generational diversity and representation? Yeah, that's a really interesting one as well, because I think there's so, you know, when we spoke kind of pre this chat, we spoke. I think I spoke about this where there's so much focus on the next generation and Gen Z in the future. And yeah, I, I think that's really important, but also it feels kind of like we're excluding a whole other group of people at the same time, which, yeah, you know, and I can, I can totally kind of empathize with the elder, older generation to me with everything kind of, becoming very digital you know this there's this digital divide that's happening as well but I think in terms of kind of generational it's there's a lot of like knowledge I think sharing that could happen and also where 
for example, I think what I would love to do in the future, and I think especially for people with disabilities, which is a really tricky one to to talk to tackle, um, quite honestly, in like a production sense. And um, I've been kind of researching this a lot myself and how we do, how we do do this. But I think with involving um, generationally, um, it could be like looking at how we can have shadowed roles from kind of like more experienced people in in the industry or or in a project and then have a kind of younger um generation that's just really keen that maybe doesn't even know what they want to do in the industry but just wants to kind of get some like hands-on experience and I think that's really that's one way of kind of doing it but I think also it's just looking at we talked about equity it's just looking at like people's circumstances on an individual basis as well like I think you know, there's a whole coming back to work as a woman that maybe has been off of work, you know, after looking after their kids is that kind of gap. But then also that feeling of just, you know, probably not really knowing how to kind of get back in, I think. Um, yeah, definitely. I think there's lots of kind of different ways to approach it. And I'm really mindful of that when we build a te- build teams for things as well. So, so for projects, so it's also like keeping ourselves accountable you know and tracking what we're doing and measuring what we're doing so um we 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 did that for 2021 and i think you know i think like you said in terms of ethnic diversity we've been doing we've doing we've been doing well in terms of gender diversity we did almost half and half in terms of crew which was amazing but again it's that's just like you know a sum of the spectrum <laughs> so yeah there's a long way to go and i think generationally there's yeah there's there's a lot that we need to kind of do in balancing that next gen of bringing in talent versus kind of excluding older mm. generations and especially in, in our industry there's you know there's a lot of kind of older people that work on sets that have you know so much knowledge and you know how can we really utilize them with the kind of next generations that are coming up or even middle you know in supporting them Absolutely. And it sounds like there's so much exciting stuff to come with, I guess, the whole Badlands proposition um, in 2023. Um, What can we look out for in the coming months from Badlands and Raw? So um, we're in the second year of our kind of multi-year project with um, Rexona on the Breaking Limits training programme. So that's um, hopefully going to continue into next year. And then we're also in the um, kind of making of our second raw uh, anti-racism and equality film, which should be released next year as well. And also there will be, there's a couple of kind of short film projects that we've been working on. So um, we're about to release a kind of arts um, project called I Am My Tribe, which explores um identity and what that means through dance choreography uh, so as much as a commercial work that we do we very much still have the kind of love for kind of film and visual arts uh, at, at the core of what we are as well sounds banging can't wait to watch and find out more Davina I'd love to ask your advice for someone who has an idea written in their notes app but is getting stuck on bringing that idea out into the world what would you say to them? I would say seek out people that you'd like to kind of get a second opinion on or that you 
would trust their opinion on um, maybe someone that you don't know um, and ask probably around, you know, I'd say like 10 people. And that way you've got kind of whole set of data to take away and go, okay, well, this is going to really kind of inform me on whether I have the confidence to run with this or not. Or maybe I choose a different idea. But yeah, I definitely take it to people and professionals in the space and get their opinions on it. Because yeah, there's we're not always our, our own best friends, are we? <laughs> Especially when it comes to kind of creative projects that we want to get off the ground. So yeah, I wouldn't be afraid to kind of ask people what they think of something. Um, but people you admire as well, you know, that you'd want to kind of get their get their opinion on it. Yeah, and getting that feedback from those people is then going to help you to to move closer to, I guess, where you want your creative work to be. Well, exactly, because then you've got sort of 10 different answers and some of them might not be amazing, but they might give you some kind of guidance on what you need to change to make it better. Absolutely. And curveball question. So you're doing this amazing work. What is a problem you can see or you keep encountering that you're not working on? kind of thinking differently to answer but would love to see somebody else coming up with innovative solutions in that space I think um I think what's tricky about the work that I do is that it feels very siloed a lot of the time so I don't know where exactly this comes from but it feels like you know there's an issue that 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 people businesses brands they pick and they go okay we're going to run with that and I would really love to kind of stop thinking and talking in in that way I feel like we really need to talk more holistically about things like don't get me wrong I think there needs to be support groups and there needs to be you know groups where people can feel comfortable in going to and seeking help but I think um that we're almost becoming a bit more segregated sometimes by or you know kind of polarized by talking about DEI issues especially or you know the climate crisis or mental health so in such a siloed way and I'd love to see you know brands and businesses not you know just kind of take a, a different approach to to that um and yeah talk about it more holistically and more often in that way because um, I don't think that's really happening at the moment. I think that's so interesting. And, and the thing that comes to mind for me is is the idea of nuance. And I, and I think it can certainly feel when we operate in sound bites online, you know, you've got a tweet or you've got an Instagram post to get across your work. It can, you can feel like you can lose a lot of the conversation that you want to happen around the work in, in that format. So um, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think that, and I also think that we re- we do need to start kind of thinking about how we can include people with disabilities. I don't think that's happening um, at all, you know, um, really in the way that it should be. And it's, you know, it's only becoming worse for them in, in every every aspect, you know, things are becoming more expensive. And I, I'm, I'm, it's something, again, I'm thinking about a lot and really wanting to see change. 
Davina, thank you so much. Um, it's been amazing to talk to you and to hear all about what you're up to. Um, and I would really love to, I guess, revisit this conversation in a year's time to, to hear how that, that pivot and that bringing together of your consultancy work and, and Badlands has gone. And, and if it's kind of what you envision it would be sat here today. I'd love that. Yeah, definitely. And I hope, I hope so. <laughs> I hope it is. Um, if not, knowing me, it'll be something else <laughs> we can talk about. If you haven't already, go and check out Davina and Badlands' work. We will link to all of their socials and their website in the show notes, as always. And as always, if you got something from this episode, please do us a solid and tell your friends. Um, tell your mates, subscribe and share the word. It all helps us to get even more exciting, more interesting people who are using creativity for good onto this, the Artist in Residence podcast. So until next time, keep creating and keep using creativity to change the world. <laughs>